and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan. I am joined here by good old pal of mine, Kevin O'Carroll. Kev, what be up? Hey Liam, how you doing? I am just flying. It feels like a while since we've done this together, but has it been? Has it, like you, you, you know better because I, I don't. I'm, I'm not the keeper of your memories. Um, I think so. I mean, time has kind of lost all meaning. So <laughs> maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was last month. I don't know. But it's good to be back all the same. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. As we as we kind of began when we started doing this together, we started doing um, funky, weird Japanese games almost. Well, you know, we not, Bloodborne's pretty mainstream. But anyway, <laughs> my, my point is that we're doing a funky, weird Japanese game today. But before we get to that, Kev, um, Owen and I often have a little wee chat about, you know, what video games we're playing at the moment. And I'm just dying to know, are you playing anything at the moment? You better not, not be playing anything now that I've started this segment. That would be very disheartening. <laughs> no, I've, I've actually given up video games, to be honest. Oh, shit. I'm, are you, are you, I'm really... Are you, gonna be really one those, crocheting. are you going to be one of those people who only talks about retro games? You're just like, I don't really like new games. Yeah, so anything after Galaga kind of sucks. Yeah, right. It's um, last, last no, side of it. I have been playing everyone's favorite, Cat Simulator 22, Stray. Yeah, the and, internet. The internet's darling at the moment. Yeah, um, top-rated game on Steam this year, I believe. Top-rated release on Steam has beaten the PC port of God of War. Unreal. This thing is adored, and rightly so. It is excellent. I own it, but I've you know, like Kev. I don't want to boast, but I've uh, I've had social engagements over the last few days. I've been out Ooh. and about. I've been mingling. So no, I own, it, but, nice. <laughs> I own it, but I haven't put a dent in it yet. Yeah, it's it's great. You can press circle to meow, <laughs> and and that's that's about all it needs. Really, everything after that is just icing on the cake. It's a, is it a platformer adventure game? It it is a platformer in the loosest of senses. It's is not much in the way of coordination. You don't have an independent jump button. It's more when you approach a ledge that you can jump to, you'll get a little prompt and you can jump onto it. So it's more about the the exploration and the verticality of the levels than it is about any actual sort of mm. precision or timing platforming. Um, but it's just, it's it's a really simple, nice, effective little story um, told through some really great cat-based gameplay. There's a good sentence. Yeah, there's like there's puzzles that you solve by just being a cat. There's bits where you have to open a drawer, and there's a bit of a tea towel hanging out of it, so you just scratch it a bit and it comes open. Classic, you have to, classic you have to, cat ethics there. You have to get through a locked door, so you just sort of scratch on it and meow until someone opens. It's it's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's genuinely brilliant. So, do you think this thing deserves the praise it's getting beyond the the praise it was destined to get just by being a cat game, a game where you play as a cat? Yeah, I think so. I've seen some coverage online. Um, from people who are being like, I'm not a cat person, and even I have to admit, this is a good game. So I, I think that that's about the the, the ringingest endorsement it's going to get. If even people who don't like cats can get on board with this, you know, it's a good sign. Will they do a sequel where you play as a Duke alligator? I think that's already in the works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's just called Croc, isn't it, for the PS One? <laughs> Man, I love. Cro- I haven't thought about Croc in about fifteen years. Thank you for that. That no was a, that was a present directly to my brain. I appreciate that. I, actually, yeah, so- I, I I give out to you as I go. I was like, you better be playing a game, but I'm actually not really playing anything at the moment. I talked about it. Turntables. I talked about it briefly when I did the last episode. I, I've I've been playing fighting games. I've been yeah. playing the Capcom fighting collection, and I've been playing. Um, Street Fighter and Darkstalkers, but mostly I've been playing the one that's on a uh, gem fighter, it's called, where you play as little chibi versions of 
uh, Capcom characters, like Street Fighter characters and stuff of that. And it's just more my speed because I've never been that good at fighting games. But this is a, a fighting game that's li- a little bit less technical. Combos are super easy to do. And there's some, you know, random bullshit. And like you have to collect gems to yeah. power up your moves while you're fighting. Kind of a little bit Smash Brothers meets Street Fighter is a very kind of layman's way to put it. And I've, I've been playing it online and having fun with it because I'm actually halfway good at it. See, that sounds really interesting to me. Is there any way to play that without buying the, the big old bundle with the 14 Darkstalkers or whatever? <laughs> Excuse me, there's five Darkstalkers on it. I don't think so, but I'm sure it popped up on previous Capcom collections. Yeah, okay. But other than that, no, it was a PS1 game, and so you can't get it on any of the, the virtual consoles on a Switch or anything like that. So yeah, no, they're, they're locking it behind a 40 euro pay gate. So if you want to play that one game, you got to buy all the other ones. Yeah, I, pr- I probably won't. But it is fun. But anyway, forget that. Uh, we're talking about a very strange game today. Uh, a very a game that I actually quite love, though. It's a game where I look back at that generation, of, let's call it the PS360 generation, or whatever you want to call it. I always thought it was one of the freshest, one of the, one of the most unique games, and all, all around one of my favorites. But it ain't perfect, right? It ain't yep. this perfect. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about a masterpiece here that we love, but it's so unique and fresh. I think it it, it always needs to be talked about. You know, the the landscape for games shifted a bit in that generation, and it's it was great to see something come out around then that was just really fucking weird. Yeah, a lot of great shooters. I know I kind of I poop on great shooters a bit too much. I think because a lot of great shooters I quite like, but in the age of the great shooters, I'm going to say great shooters one more time. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see a game like Catherine. No more build up. This game was called Catherine. And before we um, dive into it, just a tiny little thing to read here, if you don't mind. Catherine is a puzzle video game developed by Atlas. The game was released for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in Japan and North America in 2011 and PAL regions in 2012. A re release with additional content titled Catherine Full Body was, was released all the way in 2019. With the PlayStation 4, the story follows Vincent Brooks, a man who is beset by supernatural nightmares while torn between his feelings for his longtime girlfriend, Catherine, with a K, and a similarly named beauty, Catherine, with a C. So I'm going to I'm gonna launch right into this just by a, a tiny bit of an anecdote. And it's hardly an anecdote. It's more of just a, an insight into myself back from 2011 or when, whenever this game came out, 2000, yeah, 2012, apparently, in, uh, in Europe. But... um. Yeah, I found it super awkward buying this thing in the GameStop. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I was already a meek, shy little boy at the time, but I had to go in and, like, you know, absolutely not confident in my own skin. These days, Kev, I'd fucking strut in and I'd buy an anime fucking body pillow and I'd fucking walk out with it and I wouldn't give a shit. But this game, just described the box art as just this hot anime girl lifting down her top where your main character, Vincent, is screaming from within her cleavage. And it's like shock pink. <laughs> And, yeah, I just, and, and, and you had a you had a complicated relationship with GameStop guys at that time, anyway. I see. That's the thing. I didn't need any more targets in my back in that goddamn shop. Actually, you know, I don't think I had any GameStop rivals in there. But I, I, I genuinely like. This is not just like um, a story for jokes. Like I remember going, "Oh my god, I feel so. I feel like I feel so embarrassed buying this game." Like, but I had to because the, the all the reviews at the time, not even the reviews, just the previews. This was a game I was super interested in for a long time, and it's made by. Um, the Persona crew, essentially. Yeah. Made by a lot of people who worked on the Persona games, but I this predates my Persona obsession. I, I played this before any of those games. Yeah, it's really interesting because it, it's it's made by the um, the second creative unit or whatever that team is called at Atlas, the, the Persona team. Mm-hmm. So it, it basically it shares a director, lead character designer, lead writer, and composer 
with like Persona 3 and Persona 4. Yeah, um, Jesus. But is a wildly different game. Yeah, it, it really it, it really strikes me as something of like, hey, we will make another Persona, but for now, can we just do like, you know, something personal? It, it, remind, it really strikes me as something, a team that were left like unleashed, make whatever you want, you know? And that's kind of a great thing for for better or for worse. Like Catherine feels like a game that's like like no other game. Like it's not working off any uh, pre-established rules of game design uh, or rules of what kind of stories you should be telling in games. And that's kind of where it gets a lot of this uh, uh, controversy, controversy and a lot of this charm from. I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was apparently a very difficult game for them to make at the time. Um, I think it was the their first outing on what was then the like the new HD generation of consoles, the the PS3 and the 360. Um, so they had never worked on them before, and apparently this was an absolute slog to get through, and particularly a slog to localize to the I west. Was. Apparently, they had a lot of issue with um, what they described as like translating the intent of the game rather than the words. I think it's it, it's maybe something we'll get into later, but it's um, something they had mixed success with as well. You know? Well, if they did, I will say as, as the kind of foreshadow, if they did translate their exact intent with the story of this game, uh, I don't quite agree with it politically yeah. <laughs> politically almost i don't know but um therein lies the charm of it though but before we get into that um like what the gameplay kev do you want to do you want to do you want to describe the kind of two main almost um gameplay styles in this game because both of them are quite odd what's that what's the premise even yeah i suppose yeah start with the premise so the, the game is kind of presented as like a, a story within a story it's it's a oh my god i forgot ep- about that aspect yeah of it. i remember it, it's, yeah. it's presented as an episode of this sort of twilight zone-esque tv show i totally forgot yeah, golden playhouse oh my god i completely forgot about that doesn't it begin with um this woman with a massive red afro She's yeah like yeah. the host I, she i'm kind, literally she kind of narrates it throughout as well yeah i'm literally just remembering this now yeah yeah, so w- within this sort of episode of the Golden Playhouse, um, as you mentioned, we play as uh, as Vincent Brooks. He's kind of a thirty-something computer programmer, has sort of no ambitions in his life. He's just happy to get drunk every night in the same booth at the same bar with the same three people. Has really no interest in advancing himself, sort of socially, or advancing his relationship uh, with his girlfriend Catherine with a K. I feel like we're going to be saying with a K and with a C a lot. We have to. We have to. They're both just two characters. Yeah. Characters in this game called Catherine. There's the only way to differentiate them when you're not writing it down. Yeah, but basically, so so uh, Catherine with a K is um, she's sort of she's very together, very organized person. She kind of has a view to the future. She wants to have kids. She wants to get married and stuff. All these sorts of responsibilities that Vincent is trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, so, sort of at the start of the, the setup, one out of the bar, Vincent runs into a girl called Catherine with a C. Um, she's this sort of bubbly blonde in her early 20s. Uh, they get their drink on, one thing leads to another, and Vincent wakes up the next morning in bed with a naked Catherine with a C. With a C. <laughs> so, sort of after this, then Vincent starts to have these kind of bizarre nightmares where he's climbing this tower of blocks, kind of making a staircase every night um often being chased by like these hideous personifications of the issues that are stressing him out in real life and um the game kind of from there follows vincent in these sort of two strands where you have this sort of love triangle-esque social simulator in his waking life and then in his nightmares you have this puzzle climbing game block pushing uh, game yeah yeah and it kind of bounces between the two in a way that is surprisingly cohesive and surprisingly jarring at the same time 
Yeah, I managed to be both. Uh, to start with the kind of um, um, sim, <laughs> sim-esque part of it, just hanging out. It, it, it's a game where you get to hang out in an anime bar for uh, <laughs> for like half the, half the time you're playing with. And I always just love that part about it. I think it's a really vibey game. It's just kind of like, you know, I spent a lot of my time hanging out in bars at the time I'd be playing Catherine. So it was nice to, you know, augment that by hanging out with hanging out in an anime bar in my, in my spare time in the video game world. But there's something very unique about the setup of it. It, it, it almost goes day by day. You do, you, you do hanging out in the bar and then you do Vincent's Nightmare where you're climbing the tower and it's literally going like, uh, I believe it's set, set, set during seven days, right? And I always just love the the atmosphere, the kind of complete unfussiness of the bar sections where the, the game is just a, it's just based around talking to your your three friends who you always hang out with who are all despite the fact that they're all four like barflies who seem to drink every night they're all really svelte hot anime men but whatever yeah, you know <laughs> yeah whatever that's not not very real, realistic for me but um that's not the vibe of the game at all but yeah you 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 talk you can chat to them but you, then you can also get up and walk around the bar and chat to a kind of a recurring roster of characters who are around the bar and you can if you keep talking to them, you can kind of follow their stories night after night. And also you can answer text messages or not answer text messages because that's one of the things you're doing when you're hanging out in the bar is you are adding fuel to either of the two relationships. Yeah. You're either kind of, you know, remaining loyal to your girlfriend, Catherine with a K, or you're kind of continuing this affair that he has with the younger Catherine with a C. And then the other thing you're doing is getting drunk. You're mm-hmm. You're drinking and... There's no other game I've ever played where you can... Like, I've played games you can get drunk, weirdly enough. But there's no other game I've played where the drunk you get, the game stops and gives you narrated facts about the drinks you're drinking. Yeah, I love that. Every time you finish a drink, you get to order a new one. You can choose a cocktail or, or beer or whatever, and whatever you order, you'll get new little tidbits. Um, what I love as well is that the um, the drunker you get, the faster you can move when you go to the nightmare section. Yeah, you so, want to so be, it's actually yeah. mechanically in your interest to get, to get as drunk. slaughtered as possible every yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're trying to balance that because the drunker you get, Vincent, the quicker he has to like leave the bar, and you want to get you want to drink and have as many conversations as possible because you want to see as much of the story as possible. And I just like that's like when I when I honestly even more than the mad puzzle sections, which I I think the mad puzzle sections are the the bread and butter of the game, but even more than those, when I think of Catherine, I just think of that bar. And for all the kind of problems I have with this game, I really don't have a problem with just that as an idea that these lads, these ex-Persona guys you know, who make these brilliant Hangout RPGs, they kind of wanted to like whittle that down even more and just make this Hangout game that's just so preoccupied with kind of creating this living, breathing bar space to just get drunk in and have weird, bizarre chats. As the game progresses as well and the different plot lines proceed and you start maybe recognizing some characters or storylines from the bar things start ringing little bells with things that are happening in the nightmare side of things and you're kind of putting together the two things that are happening and connecting up the dots as you go it it kind of makes the bar thing even more rewarding then because every time you get around you're anxious to talk to people to see yeah. like well do they remember being in the nightmare last night yeah. and it kind of it propels it on very nicely because that's it because the, the, the nightmare sections are vincent climbing these massive towers by being chased by whatever he's been chased with that night uh got personifications of He's subconscious, but he's not the only one there. He's he's with a bunch of people who are essentially sheep. They're like sheep, yeah. little sheep men. And it's clear that they all see Vincent as a sheep as well. So it's all these men who are climbing the, the, the tower um, every night. And from my point of view, 
And I think I think this is the point of the game, Kev. But they're all pathetic men, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all pathetic men who don't have a handle on you know um, romance, women, gender itself. They're all struggling with something or another. They're all yeah. either cheaters or fucking incels or whatever. And I don't really mind saying that. That um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Vincent as a main character is kind of one of the biggest cons you'll ever play as in a video game. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that, actually, because I read something um, when doing a bit of research before this, that apparently when they f- had the first sort of beta build of the game and they were testing it in office at Atlas, uh, all the feedback they got was that like no one liked Vincent, no one was rooting for him. And they actually had to they had to create some of the, the, the late game story twists to make Vincent seem more likable. That's really interesting to hear because yeah. I think the point of the game is that he's not likable, right? Yeah, but I think it, the pendulum had swung too far in the other direction that people were actively rooting for him to fail. Oh yeah, but why not though? Did yeah, you know? why? Uh, why not? Like, why not just like to take a swing and make a truly like unlikable video game character? Because the game is like really obsessed with um, uh, gender, gen- not so much gender politics as as, as how. Um, men and women treat each other and to the point where when you're in the dream sections it asks you the player a lot of kind of um relationship style questions you know do you have to answer yes or no to and then it shows a percentage of what other players um answered and like despite how i may feel about the overall uh, overall um message overall kind of execution of this game i will say as a positive that it is a truly kind of adult oriented video game because a lot of quote-unquote adult-oriented video games basically mean they're violent or they do swears. This really feels like one that is kind of directed towards kind of an an adult experience with things that uh, younger players kind of wouldn't um, relate to. I replayed this a few years ago for the first time since it came out and I I played it. uh, I replayed it as someone who was a little bit older, you know, a little bit wiser. You know yourself, Kev, you know. You you know me now. Um, and, And as someone who'd been, you know, completely opposite of the first time I played it. I've been in it. I had been in a relationship for a long time. And I found that the game only worked for me when I was supposed to hate these characters. Like, let's, yeah. let's, let's not forget that Vincent begins the game by cheating on his long-term girlfriend. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not in total agreement with, um, with the kind of um, like the idea that Catherine with a K is, you know, his girlfriend. So she's right for him. And, and, and the younger Catherine with a C is this kind of temptress who's like there to, kind of corrupt him i don't agree with the whole idea that catherine with a k like vincent won't have children and won't get married therefore he's a loser and catherine with a k is right no no and i know that these are ideas that are a bit too complex for this game to really grapple with but i do like the idea of playing as a kind of a shithead and deciding whether he's going to be kind of loyal to his girlfriend or cheat on with this younger hotter girl because it's very clear that like they want to to portray this um the one you're having the affair with is like young and hot, right? Like this is this is a kind of like a midlife crisis crisis type thing. And as the game goes on, and it's so interesting that you said that there, which I didn't know about. That way, they they got the feedback and they had to change things. I about a third, two thirds through this game, about a third of the game left, I completely lost interest in the narrative of this game. Like it it it, it turn it it, re- it reveals that Catherine with a C is like a, a, a literal succubus. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to discuss that, but yeah, and that, and it gets and, weird. It gets weird, and also you kind of really have to start making choices of which one you're going to be with. 
And if you start choosing Catherine with a C, she really takes over the story and Catherine with a K is kind of pushed to the back burner and vice versa. And it starts losing any of whatever interesting nuance could have been ripped from this premise. And I, I find like the fact that, that Catherine with a C ends up being a literal supernatural creature kind of really takes the fucking, um, it's almost it, the, the, the responsibility away from Vincent from being this cheater, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I think the reveal is that they never actually had sex either, that she was just manipulating him to make him think that. Oh, see, even yeah. worse. Because, like, I don't have, like, I, I'm, I very much prescribe to the idea that I do not have to like a character or a main character in any form yeah. of media to enjoy the thing. So I'm not saying, like, I, what I'm saying, I don't like Vincent. It doesn't mean I don't like him as a main character. I think it's a very interesting kind of scape to play around with. But but what's interesting about it is literally um, kind of playing as a guy who's, you know, and and kind of justifying his cheating or justifying his not cheating or justifying um, breaking up with his girlfriend. And, and there's a lot of interesting kind of um, different angles to look at that. But the third, last third of the game completely obliterates anything interesting about it, in my opinion. And I know it's this Japanese, very anime-inspired thing, and maybe I was expecting a bit too much of it, but... Yeah, it kind of I kind of sleepwalk through the last bit of that game and it kind of I don't have much love for it, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's kind of fair to say that um, the Persona team have form when it comes to going way too big in the third act and shitting the yeah. bed a little bit. Good point. Yeah, good point. Um, something we discussed on episode 30 of Hey Look Listen when we reviewed the Persona series. <laughs> yeah, the number, you had the number back. ready. You had the number ready there. Yeah. I'm, impressed by, I'm impressed by that now. That was I was good. looking it up on my phone while you were talking. Yes. Um. But yeah, it's kind of, and I guess it is sort of, a, it's an anime thing as well that they kind of, everything has to escalate and get weird towards the end. And yeah. it's a shame because as you said, that like the, the interesting story here is Vincent's kind of a shit dude. He's being pulled in these two different directions. Um, neither of the girls are perfect either. It's just three yeah. imperfect people exactly. in, a, yeah, in a exactly situation. Right. Yeah. And then juxtaposing that against the sort of puzzle climbing game thing. That's yeah, enough. And- and yeah. having him in, have him interact with these other sheep people who yeah. are also kind of shitty dudes, shithead, shitheads who are in their own kind of uh, dilemmas regarding gender, regarding relationships, regarding um, women. And I don't think this game. I, I I can actually outright say that I don't think this game really lands on any interesting analysis, any interesting revelations about its subject matter. I don't think it's quite intelligent enough. No. But that doesn't mean that in its attempt in making a video game about this, about these um, very subject matters, about, about attempting this, it just by it, just by demonstration, doesn't make it. It's such an interesting piece of media still, even if I don't think it's a, a smart one. I'm just so glad it exists, and I, I was kind of a gun for it. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the endings ends up with Vincent, like, marrying the succubus Catherine in hell mm-hmm. and becoming a lord of hell. Yeah. And I think the fact that that exists in the game doesn't undermine the fact that the original concept was a good one. Yeah. There's there's something very interesting about the game. They just do not nail the dismount. They do not. Like it's almost like as if someone else would kind of take the ideas and like make a better game or something. But I did I don't I'm not saying this is something I want. I'm just saying when I think back at Catherine and when I talk about Catherine, it remains in my head a imperfect missed opportunity, but that doesn't yeah. take away from like how it soars and how unique and interesting it is. Yeah, I suppose we should talk briefly about the actual the moment to moment gameplay, particularly in the, the tower bit. Yeah, do it. Because I find that puzzle side of it. 
Oh yeah, like, incredibly it, satisfying. Yeah, we're kind of talking about just the kind of aesthetic and the story, but it, there's a really good core game in the middle of this. Yeah, so it's, it's basically like we said, it's a tower of blocks that Vincent has to climb, get to the top, to pull like a chain to to escape that part of the stage, and you can kind of push, pull, and climb the blocks to manipulate them around. And there's different types of blocks behave in different ways. There's some spikes, there's some ice, there's some hazards. Later on, there's some like there's some enemies that kind of bound towards you. Um, as you mentioned, the drunker you get in the, the social same side of things, the faster you can move through this area. Um, and you can also get like different power-ups that'll give you like retries if you get knocked off, or they give you like lightning bolts to zap enemies on the tower. So it just becomes this very quick puzzle where the bottom of the tower is falling away constantly. So you have to keep moving. But every step forward you take, if you move the wrong block, it could take three moves to undo it. So it becomes very frantic. Um, you, you become your own enemy. Yeah, and absolutely. any mistake, any mistake you make is a huge hurdle. Absolutely. Um, but it has this thing where when it when it's working, when you can kind of see the path, you, you get this sort of almost flow state like thing going, where it's it's like a it's like a good Tetris run or something, where yeah. you're you're no longer seeing the character moving you're just seeing the path and getting everything coming together it's incredibly satisfying and it helps that it has this really arcadey aesthetic with with the, the sound effects and the way the blocks kind of disappear yeah the way they fall the way there's a kind of a narrator a kind of a voice who's like saying things as you're playing it's a really for lack of a better word kind of a crunchy puzzle game yeah that just feels good to kind of as you said just like when you're doing good and you're lining up those blocks properly all the kind of sounds and the aesthetic of it also really add to how satisfying it feels yeah, also, and I don't know how you got on with it, but I found it pretty fucking hard. Kev, I have no shame. Maybe I did back then. Like I said, I was ashamed, ashamed even buying this game in the shop. Yeah. But I, this is one of the few games, I genuinely mean this, like I don't really play hard difficulties all that much, if ever, but I also don't really ever play easy. This is one of the few games where I put it down to easy because I needed I needed to. I think yeah. I got to like the fourth night, whatever you want to call it, the fourth tower uh, to climb up. But I literally, I think I was like, oh man, I... I am struggling here. Like proper struggling as, as in like, I'm not really doing this. I'm trying this about 10, 11, 12 times. And I'm not yeah. really doing it. And then suddenly I wasn't enjoying the game anymore. Yeah. And did you play it? Did you get it at launch? Did you say? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or okay. maybe. Why? Yeah. No, just because um, Atlas actually uh, patched the difficulty specifically of the easy mode oh. a little bit after launch. So I'm wondering, you probably played like a pre-patched version where even the easy mode was quite difficult. I don't know because I one of the criticisms I remember from the gameplay of this game was where I kind of felt like it was too easy on easy and too hard on hard. Oh, okay. Too or too hard on normal, I should say. I, I I don't remember ever finding a kind of a sweet middle ground with this game. I'm not saying I, I cakewalked this game on easy mode. Like I, I still found it. I still struggled with it, but I would have I would have liked a middle ground between those two difficulty levels. I think I would enjoy the game at that sweet spot. Uh, I suppose one other interesting thing about that is the I suppose every night you complete like a level we'll say and it's broken up into different stages and between the stages you get to hang out on these landings yes yeah you get you get to like chat to the other uh, sort of anthropomorphic sheepmen um and that's the bit that i was kind of referring to earlier where you can kind of start to match up who they are in the bar who they are yeah with regards they're, they're, to the bar and, and work out the story the yeah yeah and it, it's really interesting that way and it's also when the game asks you you go into a little elevator that's going to bring you up to the next level of the tower and you, that's when you're quizzed as well about like would you cheat on your partner or something? If you, what would you do if you had stuff like that? There's a ton of questions. It's like yeah. a really weird, interesting aspect to it. 
Yeah. And in a move that's tonally a little bit, you know, on the nose, but the elevators are um, Catholic Church confessional boots. Because <laughs> these are all guilty, guilty men, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. But I, uh, like I was saying there a second ago, I don't think... Um, I don't think that they really nail the story in this game in a way that I find. Um, uh, I'm kind of struggling to kind of say this. I'm, I, okay, what I'm, okay what, I'm, what I'm saying is, at its core, at its main story, I don't find this game particularly offensive, even if I don't quite agree, agree with the politics it's kind of um, exuding. I think I think there's something something interesting trying to be told with the story, and that kind of that makes it kind of a winner for me. But there are sort of grimy aspects to this game, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't like. I kind of. I'm. I, I'm just this kind of soft boy who doesn't like controversy, and I kind of want all positive things in this podcast as much as possible. But I feel like talking about Catherine without talking about it is a bit disingenuous. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Um, I don't want to like go into too much anything that sort of spoils any endings or any content like that. Um, but you already, you already spoiled the massive succubus ruling in hell ending. Yeah, but there's like. By the time you get to the second version of the end, there's like 16 other endings. So, um, but there, there is one kind of glaring issue that I think is worth bringing up. Um, and that is the, the game has a, a trans character that is not handled particularly well. Japan didn't um, ha- A Japanese game didn't handle a trans character well. Yeah, I know. Shock horror. Uh, uh, so so your, your, your group of friends in the bar are, you're all, you're four no, three of them are friends from school, and one of them is a younger friend they hang out with. And the waitress who uh, who works at the bar is, is an old friend of yours as well. And the younger guy has like a big crush on her, right? Yeah. And it's kind of treated as a big reveal, a big twist that the waitress is is trans for something like that's a big shocking reveal. Uh, you know, even though it absolutely shouldn't be. And then. The young guy having a kind of crush in there is a bit kind of treated as a bit kind of gay panicky. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it, it's sort of the the sort of the reveal, as you said, or, or her being outed as trans is played as a big shock. Um, and then they sort of react with disgust at the idea of this Toby guy um, Toby, yeah. having having sex with her. Um, they also like dead name her extensively <laughs> throughout the game. And like, and not just the characters, but like the Atlas, the devs themselves get in on it as well. So, oh. in the credits, uh, she's listed under her dead name, not as Erica. Bizarre. Now I know, I know as well. Like, fucking tread lightly. This is not really a. This is not like charted. Hey, look, listen, territory here. But I do know, I do know that this game is is from 2011. So, it, you know, like all things, it could just be dated. Um, you know, you know, things change and thing uh, art improves, but yeah. I think at 2011 it felt a bit grimy as well. Yeah, and I mean, obviously that this is in relation to the original release of the game, and you know that there was, as we said, the 2019 sort of remake which, slash re-release. Which I didn't. I actually, did, I actually didn't play that one, Kev. Yeah, uh, I have played it. Um, okay, and uh, like you said, you know, it's nearly a decade later, and it's mm-hmm. a, a real opportunity to sort of catch up with the times and maybe use as, a, as an opportunity to sort of walk back some of the the ickier stuff and they don't but do they double down on it oh believe me they do <laughs> um now i will say as far as i know for the western release um erica's character is credited correctly mm-hmm. uh in the just in the west the japanese release still uses the dead name um 
But in uh, Cat and Full Body, they introduce a new love interest to sort of turn, as they say, the, the love triangle into a love square. Yes. They introduce the character of Rin, which helpfully is short for Catherine with a Q. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I said, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, especially because that's the newer content for the new game. But there's some more kind of icky stuff with regards to Rin's character as well that is handled just as badly as the Erica stuff was in the original 2011 release. Um, now, obviously, like that's, like I said, that's just our take on it. We're not, you know, arbiters of what's right in this. Um, and there's Speak plenty of yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of like journalistic coverage of stuff from even the original release of Erica's character and like how because Erica's character herself is kind of great. She's yeah, she's she's cool. She's, oh, she's cool. She's smart. She's funny. She yeah. as a trans character in a video game, it's pretty positive. It's more how everything else around it is handled. It's kind uh, of more third act stuff, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Another kind of another kind of thing against the third act of Catherine. Yeah, and like I don't know if it would be a deal breaker for people, but at the same time, um, I just wouldn't feel right talking so much about what's good about the game or recommending it without you know also mentioning there is this icky stuff in there as well, and some people could potentially find it quite upsetting. Well, well, I'll buy it. I would say the best thing is I would wholeheartedly recommend this game. I just think it's too unique, but I would want everyone to know about the kind of potential bad shit that's in it but is it kind of weird and kind of shitty to say Kev, that i still think it's a game worth playing no no not at all and, and that's kind of what i'm saying is, is in the i'm not the, the arbiter of what's right here i don't think anyone should like i quite like the game i wouldn't tell anyone they should feel bad for liking this game because there is this one you know particularly distasteful element to it it is just like you said uh, you know people should be aware of it going in because there is a lot to like there as well um, and one doesn't excuse the other, but one doesn't devalue the other either, you know? But it's, it's really interesting. The more we talk about this, the more I just feel like that this game needs a mulligan. It needs an yeah. att- an, an, another attempt to like make a better version of this because I think the core yeah. concept and the core idea is so good. But that, that's what's so disheartening that they absolutely did. In 2019, Catherine Full Body was like almost attempt number two because Catherine wasn't yeah. exactly a, a fucking system seller. It wasn't a big hit. It was incredibly niche. Uh, so... Catherine Full Body was like, it wasn't so much a sequel, it was a rewriting of that first game with like added characters, like you said, added endings, added story. So it kind of sucks to hear you say that their kind of more modern attempt at this concept kind of, they just double down on the on the, on the shit that was wrong with the first game. Yeah. Um, and like, Full Body is kind of the definitive version. If someone wanted to play the game, I would absolutely recommend getting that version. It's sort of that's the only one you can find now, isn't it? No, I think you can still get Catherine Classic on Fair Steam. Enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, um, I think one particular thing that's maybe unrelated to everything we've brought up so far, but is also worth mentioning, is that Catherine Full Body did include for the first time um, an online battle mode, oh, which cool. was missing from the first game, um, and that was because a like admittedly niche but super enthusiastic esports scene sprung up off the back of the first game. Um, cool. Like it was never a huge thing, but some people got really fucking into it. There'll always um, be little, little eeny weeny fan bases yeah. there for every little thing you can imagine. Yeah, but it's kind of it's it's kind of an obvious one when you think about it because the the gameplay is so fast and precise and immediate. It's like anyone watching it 
if they're watching the tower climbing bit, if they have no idea what else is going on, mm-hmm. they'll still be able to tell when someone is doing well or someone is doing badly. Yeah. So to have it sort of competitive or to have people like building an audience for it, it just seems like a no-brainer. Would you play that tower thing if it was divorced from everything else from 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 Catherine? Do you think you'd be pulled in by just the game that was the the core mechanics of that of that tower puzzle game without the hanging out in the bar, without the story, without the context of why you're climbing the tower? Hmm. I think I probably would. I think there's there's something very it might be a hard sell until you're yeah. actually playing it, until you're actually yeah. playing the thing, though. Yeah, for I, sure. Well, I thought Catherine, the game itself, was a hard sell until I was actually playing it. I remember seeing gameplay footage of the tower part of the game, the puzzle sections of the game, and going like, what is this like? I kind of always just wanted to buy it so I could hang out in that bar and kind of see what these characters are about. But I I think a multiplayer uh, component to it is not something I ever even thought about. It's not even something I knew was in full body, but that is so kind of, um, it's such a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Can we play it? Do I have to buy full body fully to play it? I think you would have to buy full body to play it. I yeah. won't do it. <laughs> I'm I sorry. I might sometime if it's cheap. But you know what, Kev? This might be you know a little bit of a shorter episode, but I think we knew that going into it because we kind of covered everything we need to say about this game, right? Yeah, I think so. I think Look, so. It's, it's a glowing recommendation for me, even though I probably spent two-thirds of this episode <laughs> shitting on it. It's just, it's it's too imperfect it's too boneheaded. It's too kind of borderline offensive, but... I would uh, take the borderline out of there, but yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't try to soften it. But I still stand by the fact that it, it, it's a, a great gaming curio. Yeah, and it would be a less glowing and heavily caveated recommendation from me. The, the, the game itself is worth playing, but the stuff that comes around it some people might not be able to get past that and I can completely understand it. And here at Hey Look Listen, we don't take any responsibility for what anyone plays. Ever. Ever. I don't take any responsibility for anything I do in my own life. <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm going I'm going to double down and, and just recommend this game. <laughs> okay. I'm going to double down and not recommend it. And everyone I don't even know if people play the games we recommend on this. I don't know if people, that's why people listen to this podcast, but anyone yeah. who listens... Maybe reach out on Twitter and let us know if you play anything. Yeah, please do that. But if anyone plays it now, we've successfully middle grounded our opinions between us. So yeah. I think we've um, washed our hands of anything, right? Exactly, yeah. It's just you and I on either side of a fence propping up the podcast in the middle. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, shorter episode this time, everyone. It's not a game that really requires... Um, that long to kind of get through everything i think I, I think we kind of covered it quite succinctly kev as always thank you so much for joining me i'm always blown away by your insight and your passion thank you that's that's a very sweet thing to say and i'm not even talking about just in the podcast i mean in real life you know you're one of my best friends did you see the sentimental ending coming kev did you see it coming no that's actually really sweet love you buddy i've, I've had one beer okay also i <laughs> I just said that I love you and you didn't say it back. I like you quite a lot. And end episode. And I like you quite a lot too, viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And if you could share with friends, uh, that would be great. But if you could also just keep listening, that's perfect for me. Um, Kev, do you want to say goodbye? Bye. And bye from me, Liam Sheehan. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>